Welcome to a new episode of Job Tales, the podcast where you find dozens of interviews and learn about your potential future favorite job. Today's guest is Raphael Galuchet. He's a concept designer and illustrator focused on environments, vehicles, and prop design. A fascinating job comprising concept pieces, sketches, working progress, mood boards, you name it. Enjoy the episode. Raphael Galochet, thank you for being here with me today. It's all about you today in the next 25 minutes. Um, my first question is, what is a concept artist? Hi, Laura. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me on the podcast, Concept Art. Often also called concept design is not to be confused with illustration, but it is basically the way or like the people who design everything Uh, that you see in entertainment most of the time, would it be games, movies, TV shows, those kind of things. So our job is just as an architect would design all the visuals and the functions of a building, a house, a space, we do the equivalent, but in a fantastical realm or for stuff that doesn't exist, basically. Okay. Like video games, for example. Exactly. Okay. And that's fascinating because you're basically creating a world that doesn't exist and uh, which is usually in the movies and uh, now video games. How, how did you come up with this job? Well, actually, I stumbled upon it by accident almost. I always liked drawing since I can remember. I think I was two years old when I first grabbed a pen and started scribbling <laughs> on paper. Uh, yes. And ever since, I actually never stopped. But... At some point, I got interested in digital art. So I got my hands on a tablet and was looking at tutorials on how to use, which tools you can use on the computer to draw, those kind of things, since I only had traditional mediums back then or until then. And uh, that's when I saw that a lot of people were illustrating cool stuff online and, of course, also concept artists who use digital mediums to design for those games and movies. And being a huge movie fan, big gamer myself as well i was like what oh yeah that's right people probably there's someone out there who designs for those <laughs> titles for those movies for those games and uh, yeah that's how i discovered the profession and after digging a bit deeper into it i was like yeah sounds like something i would like to do so ah fantastic so yeah i came out of your uh, your passion for drawing and um so did you start learning about these tools and then use them yourself was it like a you were like self-taught yes uh, until that point i never really took drawing classes so i was basically stumbling through what i could acquire online to better myself and just drawing uh, every time i had the chance and at first i wasn't actually planning on pursuing this career i was still studying uh, in high school in math and physics uh, planning to become an engineer actually a civil engineer but after Yeah, I realized I wasn't the best of my class at it, and I decided to do my military service, which is mandatory in Switzerland, mm -hmm. before making the jump directly into university, which my friends, or most of my friends, didn't do. And, well, they kind of all uh, failed their first year there. And I was like, okay, maybe it's not the best idea for me to follow that path. Mm -hmm. um, and I always had this... That's actually exactly the time when I discovered concept art uh, at exactly that time. And I was kind of evaluating my options. And I was like, hmm, you know what? I'm good at drawing. I do enjoy it much more than math and physics. Maybe I'll try this for a while, see where it leads. And well, I don't regret it. So <laughs> it's been awesome ever since. Fantastic. How old were you when you took that choice? 
I think I was about to turn 18. So okay. Or or, or I just, sorry, about to turn 19. I was 18 when I joined into the military. Yeah. And well, at the end of it, after a year, yeah, I was about to turn 19. Great. So does it mean that you went to do some studies related to concept art? Yes. 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 Okay. So after doing a bit of research online, I found that there are a few programs actually that uh, offer education in, in that field. Sadly, not in Switzerland, or there was a few, but the best ones were mostly outside of Switzerland, which Switzerland has a lot of industries, but entertainment is not one of its strong <laughs> strong points, let's say. Assets. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so yeah, I was looking at places like the US, Canada. Uh, there were a few also in Asia and so on. So I was looking at what was out there. And that's when I narrowed down to a small list that I applied to and got accepted at Vancouver Film School, uh, well, in Vancouver, Canada. Um, ah. So I spent a year there. Uh, following my, my my leap year after the military, yeah, it was a one year program where they taught us basically all the different tricks and different tools and really what concept art is. It was more focused on animation. I knew I wanted mm. to do more games since, like I said, I'm a big gamer and that's really something that I'm passionate about. But yeah, that's that's where I got started and fantastic. Learned. What are yeah. uh, can you name a few programs that you're using? Oh yes, <laughs> oh, yes. I think my my, my two main programs that I spend most of time with are Blender, which is a free 3D software uh, that okay. covers everything from uh, basic polygon modeling, sculpting and 3D texturing and rendering, which is what the, the main areas are that I use it for. And Photoshop mm -hmm. from uh, the Adobe Creative uh, Suite, yeah. uh, which allows me to do a lot of post-processing on the images that I render out of 3D. Mm -hmm. And also just all the initial phases of sketching. I would use it just you, like you use pen and paper, basically, but in a digital form with a canvas, I can scale infinitely. So those are the two main ones. There's, of course, a lot of other programs that are a bit more specialized. Uh, Marvelous Designer, for example, for cloth simulations. Adobe Illustrator for more like vector graphics, those kind of things that mm -hmm. all tie into my workflow. But yeah, those two programs are what I use most. Okay, fantastic. And so you are you doing uh, mainly stills or let's say uh, concepts and uh, sketches, pieces, or are you also getting into animation? Actually, animation is a bit on my list. So if you think of concept art, it is not supposed to be the final product. We're basically there to visualize an idea and communicate mm -hmm. it as efficiently and effectively as possible to the production teams who are actually going to build our assets so that they work in game. So the mm -hmm. more information we can give them, honestly, the better it is. So if we have an idea, okay, this trap door in this spaceship would open this way and animate in that sequence, we can try and sketch it out. But Animating it yourself could definitely help. So that's on my to-do list to learn more about it. Okay. But yeah, I'm not that good at it right now. <laughs> I have seen some sketches on uh, on um, that you have done, and they look very impressive, uh, especially to me. Thank you. Uh, I'm really not into this field, and I'm I'm very bad at, at drawing. So I. I'm very much in awe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your biggest fan. And um, so what is really attractive is also that because when you're creative, uh, you know, like you are and many artists are, you can really put that into, yeah, you can create a world that 
Um, you can make your client visualize something that maybe he or she had never thought of. And my next question is like, can you mention a couple of uh, jobs that you've done since you're independent, if I understand correctly, that, that you've done for your customers to, to help visualize a world maybe in a, of a video game or, or a world uh, of a feature that they, uh, they can use for their own work? I don't know if I can talk about any specifics, really, as most of it is under NDAs. Okay, but, yeah, sure. Um, Maybe past past work. Even past work is even past still, work. But <laughs> I, I, okay. I, I, I could say though that um, whenever there's like someone who has an idea, oh, we need an environment, we need a, I don't know a hangar, a nightclub, a battleground, a cockpit, those kind of things. Yeah. They generally have some basic idea of what they want. Hopefully, they already thought about how it fits into their game, into the narrative, who's going to pilot it, those kind of things, yeah. depending on how important that place or asset is. But they generally don't have the time to flesh it out completely. So in that sense, I, I do have a few approaches where I would realize exactly what they give me as a first variant, generally the most simple, straight to the point one, and then... I try to propose new ideas that they maybe haven't thought of uh, okay. that, where I can express my personality as a designer as well. So realizing their vision, like, hey, this is bare bones what you asked me for. This is a few suggestions how you could improve it with variant B, C, D, you name it. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah, no, definitely. It, it does answer. And um, what what is the part that you enjoy most in this process? There, there's actually two. I like the very initial part where everything is still open. I just got the brief and that's when ideas start going and I start making connections and really dive into research to prepare basically for, for my exploration. Mm-hmm. And then there's something that we call the valley of suck. <laughs> so basically you fall down <laughs> as you start the project and stuff doesn't go as planned and it gets really hard and then it takes a long time until it starts looking good again. But that's when you should just keep going, trust the process. And then what I really like is that final slope at the end where the design is kind of figured out, you did most of the work, and it's just those those last 20% detailing, really making it shine, pop, refining it. And you can really see all your hard work coming together. I think those, those are my two, two favorite parts, so the two extremes in a sense. I see. Okay. And um, is it like a one-man work or are you do you work in a team? Oh, it really depends on the uh, on the production. Actually, every project is is unique. Whenever I'm hired just as a, a freelancer, generally I get one project that I am to handle. Yeah, basically see it through in that sense. Sometimes with input from uh, the the art director or some of the the, the client feedback. But when you're part of a bigger team, like uh, in, in a bigger game studio, it is also possible that they need a huge uh, environment and everyone takes care of different assets. We we had one lately where we had really a huge vista and separated multiple buildings, the vehicles, all the little props to fill out the scene. Someone was taking care of the landscape around it. Someone was taking care of the structure, the base structure where everything would be fit on. So there, there was mm. were three, four people really working as an orchestra to make it all happen and come together, hopefully. <laughs> uh, at the end of our efforts, yeah. So when I think video games, I think features, I think moving image. So does your concept get then becomes a moving picture of, uh, or like, do you make that that change uh, happen? Like, 
that transition happen or is someone else or a different team that's going to take your sketch and design and turn it into into a moving picture basically yeah so how video games generally work is it's not only just on a screen like it's a painting a composition that was carefully crafted in that sense everything yeah. is actually not in physical space but in virtual space but still they, there's relations between the objects to each other so you need to be able to walk through behind the different objects so there's really people called environment artists who will refer to our concepts kind of like the builders uh, on the construction side that look at the plan from the architect and actually build it up and make sure it's optimized and that you can with the proper physics collisions uh, so that you don't just fall through the floor, floor right with your character that you don't run through the walls those kind of things that everything kind of is built by them, every asset, and then put together in what we call a game engine, which is where the magic mm. happens. So basically, all the designs that we do as concept artists are basically plans that they will then properly build out and place inside a real existing world, even though if it is virtual, it is there, and you can actually mm -hmm. interact with that world in that sense. Uh, so yeah, it depends on the game. Some games are giving you a lot more, how to say, uh, freedom to walk around, to interact with the world. Some are a lot more linear. Some are even just in two dimensions. There's no depth where you can actually go behind the block. Think of the, the early Mario games, those kind of things where you just go left and right and you can go up and down, basically. So there, there's different depth to those. But yeah, we basically design every asset that is then visible. I see. And how did you get your first job? It's hard to say which one is really the first job. Uh, I was always doing a little bit of commission work uh, on the side, even when I was still studying, in a sense, okay. since I was kind of the, the guy who knew how to draw. So friends, family, <laughs> those kind of things, uh, uh, word to mouth, like always small jobs uh, came in. Yeah. I would say my first real big professional experience is when I got hired at a Real World One. It's not exactly in the field of video games, Mm -hmm. But the whole process and how we approached the work was exactly the same. And when they were making virtual reality experiences, uh, mostly focused on the uh, pharma industry. So we would create environments in which those pharmaceutical products or devices would then be used for training or marketing. So in a sense, it was really, again, creating those worlds that you interact with. How I got that job? Well, I... After graduating from uh, from my school in Vancouver, their goal was to basically teach us everything we needed to know to craft a portfolio. The portfolio is basically the resume, or do we, we also have resumes, but mm -hmm. it is the most important part of any applications. It is really where you showcase all your work and run people through who you are, what is your identity as an artist, and they can definitely see your skill level. And hopefully you also explain your process so they know, kind of, they can estimate how you work, what is your workflow, those kind of things. Uh, so yeah, I, I built a portfolio after that, that year, kept improving it for about six months before mm -hmm. I got a positive interview uh, after applying basically to all sorts of jobs. Okay, I see. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> and um, now that you're a few years into your uh, job, you know, in, in the industry, do you uh, do you find that your academic preparation was um, useful to where you are now? Like, for instance, at attending the the film school. Mm, yes and no. Okay. Uh, yes, in the sense that at the time, I was not in a uh, in the right mindset. In a sense. 
I was thinking like I didn't develop my artist eye enough, so I didn't realize that I was actually still really bad. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, my stuff is decent, uh, no problem with it. And going to the school really opened my eyes to to really how big the world of concept art was and how much I still had to learn. So it really helped me, really show me every single aspect that I still needed to develop. But then the school itself is not wasn't essential to actually getting those skills. Since a year is very short, they didn't have time to really craft us into experts at every single aspect that they would show us. So the goal of the school was really more to like give you all the tools to become successful and give you the mindset to really be proficient and, and learn kind of on your own, in a sense, okay. which I continued doing once the program was over. So I wouldn't say I acquired the skills necessary to, to be a, a professional concept artist back then, but I acquired the mindset that allowed me to keep going and acquire those skills. Talking about skills now, would you say that there are specific skills that you must have for this job? And I'm talking about hard skills, but also soft skills. Uh, soft skills, I think, apply to most jobs out there. Don't be a bad person. Just be be kind, respectful, be nice to others, be pleasant to work with, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that applies to any team Uh, because you're still part of a team. You're not, as I said, making the end product like an illustrator would. So you need to be working with others. So in that sense, I think soft skills are, are very important. Communication skills, those kind of things. Regarding hard skills, that really depends. Concept art is kind of a broad subject. It is kind of specialized in its own way, but you can specialize even deeper into it. There's a big difference between concept artists that work for stylized games or shows, let's say a kid's TV show aimed at five-year-olds, very, very different than a Call of Duty that is aimed at more young adults, more into realistic arcade shooters. There's horror games. There's basically a whole plethora. Some people do more yeah, realistic, some more stylized. So already those are two very different worlds. You also have a big difference between cinema or everything that has to do with film and feature films, video games, and animation. Those are, again, three categories. So depending on where you target what you will have you will need more skills in let's say um, composition color lighting those kind of things whereas others you might be more into like proper functioning mechanicals texturing those kind of things so it's a bit hard to pinpoint exactly what you need as a whole but i think everyone kind of needs this foundation of design what makes good design understanding your, the audience you're designing for is it a mm -hmm. five-year-old is it uh, an adult is it uh, i don't know a scientist in a lab doesn't matter you just need to understand who it is and really create the best design for that person or whatever is going to speak to them the most i see and if you can pick one lesson you've learned in the past what would it be i would say actually it, it goes just into what i, I just spoke about is try to figure out what you want to do since there's so much you can do and that was kind of my mistake in the beginning is that i wanted to do a bit of everything but yeah if you start becoming a, a jack of all trades you, you kind of like the focus to really become excellent at any one thing and will actually never be able to compete with people who specialize that that's my experience at least mm -hmm. uh, you can always specialize later but starting out in the industry Try to pick one thing that you really like, which I ended up doing being environments into a more realistic style and just double down on it, become really good at that one thing. And once you're good at that, then you can branch out into 
other parts of it. Okay. Looking at the technology that's affecting, you know, a lot of people's jobs, um, I can think of yours specifically being uh, enhanced or changed for sure, uh, maybe on a monthly basis with the use of new technologies, artificial intelligence, uh, virtual reality, augmented reality. Are you already using these tools? And if so, how, in what way? Yes. Some of the tools that I use relatively frequently are virtual reality, uh, just because it gives really this instant feedback and you can really see your creations come to life in front of you, which gives you much more, how to say, approachableness to your design. You can really feel if the distances are a bit off, those kind of things. I like to keep my designs mm. functional. So this is a tool that really helps me explore complex shape and really put me at the center of my design, which I find super helpful. Regarding uh, other technologies, well, obviously, you need a powerful computer if you want to do 3D. So all those softwares are constantly getting updated as well. So keeping up with the latest specialized software is very important. But you can do pretty much anything also with outdated stuff. Now, the very sensitive topic lately is the one of artificial intelligence, notably uh, the, the, the visual Uh, artificial intelligence uh, programs that are out there at the moment. Uh, to mm -hmm. name a few, there's Stable Diffusion, Disco Diffusion, Mid Journey, DALI 2, those kind of things, where you basically type in, prompt an input, and an image comes out of it. I was curious at the beginning, really looked a bit to understand more how it was working. It is a bit scary, uh, I need to admit. Um, yeah. And lately, people have found out that there's uh, those algorithms have not necessarily been trained ethically on really free available data and those kind of things. I don't want to go too much into detail. There's people <laughs> who cover it way better than I do. Um, how I see it, however, impacting the future, because yeah, the genie has been let out of the bottle, right? I don't mm. think the technology exists and it's been proven to be able to create amazing images and really catering to whatever anyone who's not artistically trained can just yeah, visualize and have something they imagine visualize in front of their eyes in seconds. Undoubtedly, I think it will take some artist jobs. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not as concerned right now uh, in terms of my own position, just because when I see how much back and forth there's in production, how much camera angle changes we have, I don't know of an artificial intelligence that can be as granular as we are right now on the job and create those environments in 3D. That means rotating around them, like I said, to have it fully interactable and right now functioning mechanism as well. How do engines open a door? It's not as precise at the moment. Uh, yeah. Will it come? Maybe down the line. It's been progressing insanely fast. Sooner or later, it will dabble in there unless rules or laws are put into place to kind of slow it down. But... When it comes to illustration, people who do book covers, for example, album covers, uh, those kind of more editorial stuff on magazines, I think those are maybe the, the, the ones that are most threatened by it because those images can have a lot of back and forth, but there's not this depth and 3D and doesn't have to be as uh, functional as, let's say, yeah, the door to a spaceship and its landing gear unfolding out of and how do the panels open. 
Uh, hopefully yeah. that made sense. At least that's my, how it I does. see it uh, evolving and who it might threaten first. Thank you. And um, one last question, you know, looking at your job as being very, you know, it's a very sexy job and very interesting for a lot of uh, young people who are listening, I'm sure. Is it uh, very competitive? How big are the chances of uh, someone starting, you know, debuting today to get to get a job and actually continue um, in this line of work? Very interesting question. I think anyone who has the support to get started and really the, the drive and the will to make it can make it. Now, the problem is this job, I think, is very romanticized or idealized by a lot of people who just enjoy games and so on, but don't realize how nitty and gritty it can get once you're really in production and just solving those really tiny problems it's not looking pretty those kind of things so you have to make enough research i would say to know that that's what you want to do mm -hmm. because what i see is a lot of people want to do it it's very attractive like you said uh, seen from the outside and once they get in there they realize it's not exactly how what they hoped for that they really need to like put in years of study to actually get to the required level and a lot of people lose their motivations in that regard now mm. the people who come in with the right mindsets i think if you put in the hours and are committed to really improving getting better getting feedback from your peers anyone could make it uh, now which percentage that is uh, having been a bit in uh, recruiting for for some of the different studios i was in i've seen that maybe Five to ten percent of applicants, let's say ten percent of applicants are actually suitable for the job, and out of those, I would say yeah, one out of ten gets maybe picked. So maybe it's a one percent chance okay. to get any specific job, but ten percent are definitely in the pool of having made it. But we also seen janitors apply for the position, so yeah, really, uh, <laughs> yes. <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> video games um, aficionados <laughs> yeah I, um, i think people are like oh it looks like a cool job let's let's cool try job, my yeah. shot right yes right <laughs> make your passion uh, become your profession well thank you very much rafael it's been uh, very interesting super interesting to to hear your story and i wish you all the best for your future thank you it was my pleasure good luck with the rest <laughs> of your podcast thank you make your passion become your profession I invite you to learn more about Raphael's job and watch some of his concept art on the website I've posted in the episode description. If you have a job you would love to share with us, write me at jobtalespodcast at gmail.com. Bye for now.